Racism online exists because racism in real life is overflowing. We don't see racism as often as we could. We don't always believe it either. Many of us in Western countries believe we are not racist at all. And then we defend essentially colonialist structures that have only ever existed to exploit. It is extremely difficult to go against the current and try to make people understand just how racism is a part of the system. When you look at a court of justice, you don't see the foundations, but they're there. In systems that reduce the impact of colonialism to a few negative words in a history book among the chapters of imperial glory, it is perhaps no surprise. It is a surprise, however, that we continue in our collective failure to ask the right questions. In this talk with Esheru, we scratch the surface on a few points of racism online and in society, and the constant challenge of facing it, dealing with it, and where possible, reversing it. Thank you, Esheru, for your time, and good luck in fighting discrimination in the courageous way you have been doing for a very long time. I'm joined by uh, Esheru from London. Thank you very much, Esheru. How's it going? Yes, uh, very well, thank you. In this rainy, rainy day in London, so very well, thank you. Yeah, um, it's actually interesting because we've never met um we we don't know more or less anything about each other other than what we've just quickly discussed uh, offline uh, among ourselves um but we got to know one another last week on uh, the platform x or twitter do you want to explain um how that came about yeah well um if memory serves me correctly I mean, for, for, for me you know i i tweet about uh, anti-racism and, and, and social injustices i try and highlight these things um, I think that's that's I wouldn't say my calling in life, but I like to sometimes think that the ancestors speak through me to 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 kind of highlight these, you know, these injustices around the world. And it was through that something that I tweeted. I can't remember what it was because I tweeted so much stuff um, that you and I you and I first engaged uh, based based on it. We 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 kind of hit like a a, a a point of commonality where we found something in common. We engaged from that point forward. Yeah, definitely. And um, in this case, I think one of the the issues was um, a particular person on Twitter decided to ignore all of the evidence of international influence on Africa and how it may have affected some social or economic development within Africa. Um, And they said, yeah, this was just pure um bullshit um that international uh, organizations haven't had any kind of effect on the development and uh, social issues there and first of all i mean we'll talk a bit more about other issues but first of all i mean does this level of ignorance surprise you at all not at all i mean if you look at our education systems across you know say the, the western or the, the developed world industrialized world um, it is very eurocentric or it is western centric um if we look at just go back from a historical context 
uh, the world starts in 1600 more or less nothing happened before then uh, and everything from 1600 forward was was all, all the ingenuity all the engineering all the amazing feats were a result of uh, one particular white man in each individual field and this is where people kind of get get their world perspective from because this, this is what we taught but it's only when you start reading books you can see many behind me i mean i've got hundreds of books that you get to understand that, that it's a, the world's a little bit more intricate than that and if we go back to Africa as a prime example, once once colonialism ended, globalism started. So uh, through through the use of uh, organizations like the International Criminal Court, the World Bank, the ICC, the IMF, they were able to continue controlling the resources coming out of resource-rich nations. So, um, and we, you know, with, with, with clever trading agreements and tra trading arrangements, for example, subsidizing farmers in this part of the world um, to keep the, the, the the price of certain things that they grow low, which excludes African farmers or farmers in the Middle East out of the European markets. These are all cleverly designed intricacies to stop these nations uh, becoming uh, competitive in the world. So no, it doesn't doesn't surprise me that people think on this level because they don't think on that level. Yeah, and in the UK though, this kind of came to like the forefront of discussion a few years ago when people started pulling down statues. Mm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Bristol, this was quite um, significant because the person considered to be one of the main uh, philanthropists in the area actually became rich on the back of the slave trade. And, and this is the case with a lot of these big historical characters. Uh, yeah. France, Sir Francis Drake was one of the first ever. Uh, recognized slavers and yet nobody right. ever talks about this do they no. no of course i think i think that's another thing with 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 britain and and, and uh yeah some european countries that they live in a very large state of denial that they like to deny the past um uh, or conveniently leave out the things that they find in, inconvenient um, and, and and then you know move along with with the with the untruths and i think that this this is a big problem and i think it's very very much the same with the with our royal family right um i think the royal african company was a company that um, its, its largest cargo was trading humans uh and i believe that it was a one of the uh, I don't know if Prince or King Charles at the time, and his brother that started this company, the hugest company with, with 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 the most money involved in the slave trade. I mean, this is a historical wealth of the British royal family, but we'll never talk about it and connect the two because because we live in this constant state of denial. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to be honest, the the, the list of influential figures that have directly been involved in uh, the slave trade is significant and it's not very hard to find either if people no. actually want to go and do some research so um which also leads me to a slightly different thing i've met two different kinds of people of african origin um mm. lots more but some people like you are vocal engage um and then there are okay among many different types of people there are those who say do you know what it's not my job to educate you yeah. um and and i understand both of these perspectives mm -hmm. why have you chosen to be vocal and is that always the case or do you often sometimes say do you know what you are so full of shit i'm not even going to bother yeah well you, what i find is in talking to different people you, you do find when you're on when you're on twitter you're on social media you do have two types of people you have those that just want to provoke um, and, and they really don't really they really don't want to have a conversation with you they just want to provoke whatever you say to find a problem with it or to find an excuse to to knock down whatever you're saying but then you have some people that genuinely want to listen uh and these are the people that i try and engage with but um i mean i know what the, i don't know what the ratios are but for for every one person that 
uh, wants to provoke me and not have, have an understanding or want to learn what I have to say. There's maybe five people that are interested in hearing what I have to say. These are the people that I that I keep keep moving towards. But those people that I provoke, some days I'll, I'll battle with them, the battle of words. And other days I just, you know what? Yeah, leave it alone. Block or mute and move on. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, do you find you're a bit of a lone ranger when you're doing this, or are, do, you, do you? Okay. Obviously, in this case, we both engaged. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, there are are there many, many more people who engage? Oh God, absolutely. I have. Um, I mean, my, I lost my previous account on Twitter. I had twenty thousand followers. The account was taken away from me because I criticised a politician, a prominent politician, and. Uh, supportive of this, of this politician wasn't happy with that so they arranged a pile on and I, I got my account completely suspended so I lost 20,000 followers but now I've managed to build up just over 3,000 followers and they're my core followers 20,000 initially hurt but like now I've got my core followers back it, it's fine it doesn't bother me so much and uh, what I find is that um, people engage when I speak people engage I get a lot of feedback from people that, that agree with me and these are my core followers these are the people that were able to bolster me to the 20,000 and I engage a lot with them uh, on a daily basis I mean this morning here we're discussing Israel and Palestine and you know the the, the, the mess over there and a lot of people have, you know, there's a lot of engagement going on backwards and forwards which 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 feeds me it inspires me to keep moving keep going yeah yeah, yeah. um I haven't really um presented much of an argument on on this particular topic because i think at the moment people are very emotional um and i I think the tendency to take things out of context is too uh easy so i've decided to stay back but you're a brave man uh (laughs) and you engage directly and fair enough fair play to you but also, but also, it comes down to being able to. And I, I know we didn't want to discuss this, but I was going to say very briefly. I think it's also being very smart about what what you choose to take in. For example, I think I, I read yes, I heard yesterday that the Israelis are using white phosphorus in bills of errors, and that people are saying that this is an international war crime. But I, I hadn't heard anything anywhere. But then Human Rights Watch reported about it today. I thought, all right, there's a confirmed source. Now I can comment. And it is about filtering what it is you get, waiting to see if there's a concrete information before you speak. Um, yeah, and this—I mean, it's even with the with the situation with the, the beheading of the babies. I still haven't heard a concrete com- piece of confirmation, so I refuse to comment on it for that particular reason until I hear something concrete that says it has happened. These are the pictures. Then I can comment. Sure, sure, okay. Um, but our topic with regards yeah. to racism and discrimination online, yep. there is um, there's no need to emphasize any particular uh, evidence because it's nope. self evident it's there it's been there for hundreds Mm -hmm. of years Mm -hmm. um i I remember watching a program from it was a clip from uh, in america it must have been about 20 years old um an elderly black lady was sitting there in a talk show um and some white politicians said yeah well we we you know we are going to do this we're going to do that And, and she said one minute if you really wanted to do something you've had 400 years and and that kind of struck me because mm-hmm. yeah, how long can the establishment keep talking about doing something and doing something when they really want to do something? They bloody do it, don't they? Absolutely. I think that they, they certainly with when I want to look at the world, there's a lot, there's a lot of injustices happening in the world today. Okay, and everybody always looks at their own plight as being the worst injustice, right? Um, but I I believe when I certainly want to look at the the way the world has been developed, we are as black people certainly at the back of the queue 
uh, for for justice. And I remember some a few years back, a lady once said to me that uh, people of the LGBT community they will face injustice, but she said that she believed that they will get their injustices met and dealt with before we get ours met and dealt with, even while we've been sat here for four hundred years waiting. But also, I think, and 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 this is a very controversial comment, but as black people we also have to take things into our own hands because the way that the world has been the way that the world is developed is um those who run the world those who control the world those who run and control the systems there's only one thing that they respect and that's money and power and if i look at the way that they they suck up to money and power i think if black people had the money and power that they should have let's just say we had control of the resources in africa and africa was on a level playing field with the rest of the world there'd be a little bit more respect for us um in, in, on the globe than there is today that's just my personal belief you could also argue that this is one of the reasons why all of those resources have been taken out of africa and very little returned to yeah. africa yeah if you exactly. keep if you keep a powerful or potentially powerful culture down exactly that exactly that and i believe that because if you look at the if we, say, if we go back to racial classification and Galton, where we have the, the West or the Whites at the top, varying degrees of brown in the middle, black at the bottom, that's an artificial represent, representation because um, if, you've, if you've dominated the, the world and you control everything, you can put yourself at the top of the pyramid, right? But let's just say everybody was on the level playing field and say, right, you Africans, you can control Africa. Asians, you control Asia. Whites control Europe and America. But we all work together. We'd all be we'd all be level. There, there wouldn't be this classification, and that's that's what it comes down to: controlling that to keeping us subjugated constantly. Um, and I know some people would probably look at that argument and say, "Yeah, but one minute you've got um, you've had Barack Obama, you've had uh, this sports person or that sports person, Michael Jordan, and so on. How come there's been no change? These are drops <laughs> in the ocean, right? For a start. Secondly." you've got a drop in the ocean of a system which is designed to be against you in the first place. Absolutely. And let's also remember, during the times of slavery, during the times of subjugation of black people, uh, there were there were free black people also doing well at that particular time. Um, you, you've, you've all heard the story, read the book, 12 Years as a Slave. Um, this gentleman, was a, he was a well-known engineer. I mean, he, he, he was a free man. Uh, he did extremely well for himself. There was a lot of black people out there that's doing this just, just that. So, so just because we're black people today that are doing it extremely well, why aren't the rest of us? That that argument doesn't really hold weight. So when people try and drop that one into me, so well, we weren't all slaves. Many of us were living free, doing our own thing. But laws were created to stop us from advancing in in, in certain areas. I mean. Uh, Black History Month is what's happening now in the UK, right? And of course, every day we've been posting stuff on Twitter about all the things that black people have created. And I mean, how how many people know that a black man actually created the three-way traffic lights? You know, um, no. but it's my point, it's just stuff like that. Everyday things that we use. The, the, the speakers in our mobile phone was created by a black American man. Without that, it, we wouldn't have speakers on our telephone. The, I mean, these are things that people people are not aware of because intellectual property and rights have been taken away from us because a lot of black people at the time weren't allowed to patent products uh, and, and, and white men were allowed to and they took the credit for it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is also one of the reasons why women have been um, poorly treated throughout history because right. uh, white men essentially took over the work that they had done as well. Um, right. And uh, in the story of hidden figures, you've got black women whose work mm -hmm. was uh, stolen by uh, other people too. So yeah, unfortunately, the ignorance with regards to these topics continues uh, to exist in, in a big way. 
when you encounter this online though because mm-hmm. what what I'd love to do is just mainly talk about solutions and how to combat it there are you you know in this already in 5 or 10 minutes we've spoken about black community we spoke about women we've spoken about lgbtq plus um mm-hmm. why is it that these groups and these are significant groups why can't they cooperate to yeah yeah this 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 is something that really baffles me myself i i um I, I listened to a podcast. I, I flew I flew to to Europe a few weeks ago, and on the way back on the flight back, I listened to a podcast about the Black Panthers because I, I was saving them in the phone for these for these particular occasions. And and I learned the, and I've read a lot of books about the Black Panthers, but the one thing I did not know was this. Now I I know that they worked with women's rights groups. Okay, they um, found solidarity with the gay community. They even found solidarity with white, the white Southerners. But this this is what shocked me. They found solidarity with two far-right organizations in the U.S., and they, they brought them all together. And what made the Black Panthers um, the, 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 pub, was it the enemy, public enemy number one to, to the U.S. Uh, the US uh, country, according to J. Edgar Hoover? It wasn't because of it was black men running around with guns. I mean... Their numbers were only somewhere between two and five thousand, and I think the average age was between eighteen and twenty-five. Not very wealthy, influential people, right? What it was, it was the power that they they were able to bring everybody together. All these different groups that spanned literally the entire uh, social community, they were able to bring them together as one, and say, "Look, this is your enemy over here." And that's and, that, and I think that's kind of what people need to understand and get back to. If we can understand that they were able to do it, and they didn't have social media to organize. What's stopping us from putting together our small differences? And hold on, we've got a common goal here. Our common goal is them over there. Let's get together and deal with them, and things will be better for the rest of us. Mm, yeah, very much so. And uh, I have to say, the the bit of the research that I've done on Malcolm X, super intelligence, obviously, but yeah. the 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 sentiment, the depth of sentiment, and it's not only depth. There are lots and lots of intelligent people everywhere, but they don't all speak in a language that can inspire and motivate. You know, he yeah. was one of those guys that really had that, and that's probably why uh, the FBI yeah. had to get rid of him, or apparently, right. excuse me. Um, yeah, and. You know, but but who are the next people uh, for us nowadays? These are very difficult because I think the problem is that we live in we live in an age where everybody wants to be famous for fifteen minutes. Everybody wants a bit of exposure, and it's becoming a lot more difficult for dissenting voices to be heard. If you look at Britain, for example, I'm not sure how it is in in Germany, but the only black people that seem to be given voices. Uh, on the, the large media channels, whether it's male or female, are black people that hold right-wing views. If you look at our governments, we have an Indian Prime Minister, an Indian Home Secretary, a former Indian Home Secretary, we have a black cultural minister, we have a black foreign minister. Now, all of these people hold the same right-wing opinions. If they had my opinions, they would not be where they are today. So they're, they're touted as the face of change, when really all they're doing there is to help prop up and maintain status quo they offer nothing new nothing fresh there is there is no nothing progressive about them um the voice of change is going to come from people like myself i'm not saying me but people like myself that's on social media that can manage to gather people together and say look hi this is this is our enemy or this is the problem we have let's come together and solve it let's put these things aside um you're not broke 
Um, your bills are not expensive. You're not out of work. Your accommodations are poor. Your 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 education isn't isn't terrible. Your your children's education isn't suffering because of me or that gay person over there or that Muslim over there. We don't have the power to affect that change. These people are the ones that have implemented all these things that's causing the problem. And you've got to get people to understand that. And once people can understand that and see that, then we can move forward. But it, it's just going to take a voice like mine. Not, not me, but a, a voice similar to mine on social media that's going to that's going to pull people together. It's going to come from the bottom up, as always. It never comes from the top down. Sure. Yeah, of course. And and, and then there's the additional element of classism, uh, which mm-hmm. also has to be overcome, uh, yeah. which in itself is uh, a substantial uh, you know, blockade, as it were, for for these right. kinds of, uh, of of perspectives. Um, in in Germany, so there's a, a, a supposedly that well, the, I'm not going to say socialist because they're not really socialist. The SPD is basically Germany's version of Labour, not really socialist yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's another political party here, which is very much right wing called the AFD. Um, yeah. And a few years ago, the the AFD and the SPD were invited to take part in a radio or whatever debate. And the SPD said, no, nope, we refuse to share a stage with these people. We're not going to give them credibility. Um, it, what, essentially, what they managed to do then was to leave the entire stage to these people. They yeah. set the agenda. They set the tone um, and they managed to grow on that as stage a, as a result yeah yeah exactly um yeah so yeah how much of that do you think has also happened in the uk because a lot of dissenting voices are quiet voices i lived in sweden for a minute for a very long time and what you explained happened in sweden there's a part of it called Sverige Demokraterna. now they when i arrived in sweden back in 1998 uh 98 99 i arrived in sweden i think i think they were like a very small party they just reached the the four percent threshold to get into the parliament Last year, they became the second largest party in, in Sweden, right? So, and, and of course, right with politics in Sweden is, is a lot less calm or less tame than in these places like Germany and Britain. Here in the UK, what's happened is the Labour Party, what's happened is the Conservative Party, we have two major parties, right? We're two party countries, that's like the US, very broken system. I mean, two parties representing the opinions of six or six million people just doesn't make any sense, right? So the Conservative Party, what they've done, they they there were all these small right wing party fringe parties that couldn't really make the five percent threshold to get into the parliament. So uh, the Tories decided, the Conservatives decided that they were going to bring their supporters in. So they started uh, speaking rhetoric that appealed to them. So these people started voting for them. So they so the Tory party gradually grew, but shifted further and further to the right. So now they're extreme right, although. It will never be the, the, the British media, uh, broadcasters, journalists will never refer to this party as a, as a far right party, right? They'll always say, look at Italy, look at Germany, look at Hungary, but they never look at home, right? But believe me, the Conservatives are far right. What's happened as a result? Labour, who were a centre party, I wouldn't say centre left, but certainly centre, are now centre right, because what they've done is the further right the Tories have shifted, Labour then move right to then collect those supporters that didn't want to move to the far right but remain in the centre. So Labour's moves to the right to shore them up. So we've had a shift further right in politics here in the UK also, like much of the rest of the world. And there's a big gaping hole on the left, huge hole. There is nothing there to fill the void. And anybody that tries to fill that void is shut down very quickly. Jeremy Corbyn being a prime example of that. He was a voice of change. He was exactly what this country needs. What we have currently and what's going to replace the Tories once they come out of office is not what this country needs. It's just going to be more of the same, but a lot less slow and a lot less vicious. We need something different. We need a party that represents 
the many, not just a small percentage of the population. Politically, we seem to be aligned as well, which is uh, in itself is quite interesting. Absolutely. Um, yeah. OK, um, moving back a little bit to the um, online, um, yep. just a, a bit of a you just to get your opinion on this. OK, obviously, nobody could control the kind of voices that come onto social media, and that's fine. There's uh, if we actually believe in democracy, if we believe that people are free to express themselves and freedom of expression should not be aligned with uh, incitement of hatred. Uh, this is very, very different. But would you say that since a certain individual took over what was Twitter, um, that this platform has become decidedly less tolerant um, and far more discriminatory. Yes, very much so. Very much so. What, what he's done is he's taken away the the very the verification stamps that would authenticate individuals using the platform. Right? Uh, he monetizes your he monetizes the, the the user if they could drive as much traffic to themselves as possible. We know that hate cells, wherever you are on this planet, sex and hate cells. Uh, and, and, and as a result, there's a lot more hatred going through the, through the platform and people are making money off it. So, yes, um, I have a theory that he didn't buy the platform by himself. Uh, I have a theory that there was a group of uh, media moguls and people with money that got together and decided, let's pool our resources and let's try and break the the monopoly that Twitter has on, on the news, because literally Twitter broke, it broke media uh, because the content came through us unfiltered. It came through in its raw, raw essence. Um, I mean, in, in, in live time, you'd see all the atrocities that that would have been literally sanitized by the time you hit the six, six o'clock news, right? Uh, and, and Twitter broke that mold. It, it changed the way that we saw news. It turned us all into, re, you know, community, um, no, what's, what did somebody call me the other day? Uh, a, a village voice or community voice or something like that, or community journalist? It turned us all into that, right? Uh, and they, they needed to wrestle back control of, 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 of the media and the, and the narrative. And I think a decision was taken somewhere and a group of people got together and thought, let's pull our resources. Because nobody's going to take 44 billion of their own money and buy something and deliberately break it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But that's just my own theory. Uh, it isn't anything I've read. It's just something I assume. But it's definitely increased um hate hatred yeah well no that sure. makes sense because uh, i mean the other social media platforms they're much bigger have larger followers or active users and it may, they make a lot more money um so he kind of picked the the, the lesser of the top five or six uh, platforms and spent a ridiculous amount of money on it what you say makes sense i hadn't thought of it from that perspective actually Another thing which has led to an increase in uh, intolerance and discrimination and racism, do you know, up until now, I have never spoken about Brexit in my uh, on my podcast channel. But just quickly, as a last point, as it were, has your life been affected, do you think, according to what we've been talking about? So on the basis of intolerance and racism by Brexit? Well I, well, I, well, I can tell you what Brexit, I can tell you what being a part of the EU allowed me to do, right? I, I was born to Jamaican immigrants here in, in Britain. Uh, I left where I grew up, moved to London. I'm not actually from London. I've not lived where, where I'm from for, for over 30, 32 years, but I moved to London. I was at university here for a short while, and then I left London and I went into Europe. I lived in Spain for a year and I spent a year in Greece and I spent a year in Norway and I spent 20 years in Sweden. So I moved around Europe, uh, you know, as if as if I was leaving Birmingham, going to Manchester or leaving Manchester, going to Liverpool and getting a job without any problems. 
I was able to then earn money, educate myself, learn a couple of languages in the process. All of this, and, and the education didn't cost me anything. Money I have to spend here in my home country didn't cost me anything. I was able to do this being a member of, of um, being a citizen of the EU and, and, and a citizen of a member state. That has all been taken away now from uh, from uh, those that are younger. I have nieces that wanted to go and study in Europe and they don't have an opportunity anymore. So I felt the positive sides of it and I'm seeing the negative sides being played out you know, uh, on family members that wanted to do the same thing as Anklesh. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it definitely has a negative impact. And I think that for me, I think what really bothers me about all of this is the lies that were told in this country to help deliver Brexit. And nobody has been charged with it. It's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge crime. It's a huge scandal. How can politics be so tainted and nothing has been done about it? And on top of that, I think that it brings into question to me you know our institutions. I'm 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 one in this. I often speak about parliamentary, economic, and legislative reforms in this country. It, you know our, our system is very archaic and it needs updating, and there needs to be a clear separation between politics, big business, media, the judiciary, the constabulary. There needs to be a separation between these because right about now we have three top schools in the country: Eton, Howard, Rugby. People that go to these three top fee-paying schools go to two universities, Oxford and Cambridge. And these are the universities that all the big business owners, all the media muggles, all the politicians, the princes, they all go through the same universities. So they all know each other. It's one big club. So they've all grown up together going to the same schools. They're going to the same summer parties, family and friends. When they get to adult work life and one of them is in trouble, do you really think the other one's going to go and charge uh, I'll go and arrest the other one over there or bring charge to the other one. No, it's not going to happen. There needs to be a clear separation. And the only way that can happen is if everybody's given, let's get away, get, get, get rid of free fee paying schools, first of all, uh, make education free for everybody uh, and ensure that everybody is on the same playing field. And that will create the social mobility that our society needs and it can help to do away with some of the corrupt practices that we're seeing i'm not saying it will eradicate corruption totally but it can do away with some of it because right about now the country educates one percent to rule over the other 99 percent and that that really shouldn't happen and 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 you call yourself a democracy we're far from a democracy it isn't a functioning democracy at all okay and uh, i think that's a very powerful sentiment on which we can end um Esru, thank you very much for your time i'm hopeful that uh, we can continue our chat at some point in the future uh, because Please. i've enjoyed it and i've been educated so uh, thank you very much thank you for having me two and a mic